Okie dokie. Wow. Back again. Doing more episodes is is fun, but also it's like, wasn't I just sitting here? Um, hi guys. Welcome back to Some Sanity with Morgan Zeggers. That's me. Uh, not Zeggers. Zeggers, you know. Some people confuse that sometimes, but it's okay. I still love you all. Um, I There's so much going on. I feel like every week I'm like, oh, there's never a problem of figuring out what to talk about. It's just a matter of like, okay, I could talk for five hours about these things. Now I've got to hammer it down to just my, my few things that we want to discuss this week. Well, it's 2021, so what do you expect? You know what I mean? There's always going to be crazy stuff to talk about now, considering the state of American politics. Woo! <laughs> um, but thanks for coming back. I appreciate you guys. If you want the video version of this podcast show thing, then go to YouTube. And then if you want the podcast audio version, Spotify and Apple, um, if there's like another platform I should be on that you guys prefer, let me know. Okay. Just DM me on Instagram or something. That's really the best way to reach me. If we're being honest, casual. Um, but today we're going to talk about some fun things, I guess, kind of, uh, of course we have to talk about this Olympic hammer thrower woman who turned away from the national anthem. I saw an interesting thing about the military. That's just more of a small tidbit. Another weird instance of them, you know, celebrating diversity, but actually it's like this really weird thing. Um, Black Lives Matter activists blocked a Minneapolis councilwoman's car until she agrees to drop charges against rioters. That's one way to get off the hook. <laughs> and last, Tucker Carlson revealed that the NSA is spying on him. So I feel like that will be plenty to talk about considering everything. Um, I do want to do a quick shout out. I'm about to hit the road for for quite a few things. So I wanted you guys to be aware if you're going to be in the area. I'm going to be um, at Turning Point's SAS Student Action Summit in July. I think the dates are the 17th through 20th of July. And then after that, I think I'm going to South Dakota for Freedom Fest. So that, uh, I think it's like the 21st to 24th. Um, I might be a little off on those dates because I have a terrible memory. But if you're in those areas, I feel really bad because every time I go to a speech, I get a few messages from people that are like, that's my hometown and I didn't know you were here. <laughs> and then I'm like, eh, I thought I posted about it enough. So I'm just, you know, I guess you can never share it enough that I'm, I'm, I'm going to be places. So I'll be in, in Tampa, Florida at SAS, July 17th through 20th and South Dakota from, I think the 21st to 24th and then a few other places, but I'll keep you updated on those later. Um, but yeah, happy summer, you guys. This upcoming weekend is going to be July 4th. So whoop-de-whoop, whoop-de-whoop. July 4th apparently is a day that we need to remember because we're already, you know, having people say that we need to celebrate different days for our foundings and we need to not celebrate July 4th, 1776 anymore. We need to celebrate 1619 and that we didn't seek freedom from an oppressive colonialist monarchy. Instead, we sought freedom from England because they wanted to get rid of slavery in America and we wanted to keep it. That's why America was founded. So uh, I feel like July 4th, after everything that's happened over the last year, all the, you know, the attacks on our history, the attacks on our founders, on our founding, on our documents and everything that has to do with July 4th, it's like, okay, well, this like brings a full new meaning to it. And I already loved the holiday so much, but I feel like now it's, it's like, wow, okay, so we really need to remind people why we celebrate this holiday. And uh, I'm sure you guys saw all those videos around Memorial Day when people would do the man on the streets asking people at the beach and other things like, hey, do you know why you have off this weekend and this Monday? And they'd be like, no, I don't. <laughs> so so 
I, if you haven't heard me say this yet, I think the lack of critical thought and the basic ignorance that like, it's like complacent ignorance that our population holds is, uh, they're like really the two most terrible things and they're really leading to all of the problems that we're in right now. So, um, I wish we could fix that, but how do you reach adults with education? It's, it's one thing because you kind of got to want to learn, you know, I can't force you to learn this. I can't force you to want to know. I can't force people to care, but, uh, the best thing we can do is to just keep trying to raise awareness. And hopefully as things get crazier and crazier, people will, uh, feel a little more inclined to start paying attention. And, and that's what I think is happening. It's, it's, you know, like going woke, it's like going woke, but for, for pro Americana kind of things. So counterculture, baby. Um, let's get right into this Olympic hammer thrower, uh, Gwen Berry. Yikes. Um, Olympic hammer thrower Gwen Berry responds to backlash after she turns away from U.S. flag during national anthem. So this has been in the news for like quite a week or so, um, but it's just so important. I was like, you know, maybe it's a little late to talk about it, but I, I just can't hammer this home enough. <laughs> hammer thrower. Get it? Get what I did there? Uh, this is an article in CBS News by Christopher Brito. Watch that not be how you pronounce his name, Brido. I don't know. Um, but we're going to go through this because this is kind of funny. Uh, hammer thrower and activist Gwen Berry has received a fierce backlash after she appeared to turn her back to the American flag as the national anthem was being played at the U.S. Olympic trials over the weekend. Berry, who famously protested during the anthem in the 2019 Pan American Games, caught attention for turning her body towards the stands away from the flag as the star-spangled banner was playing at the trials in Eugene, Oregon on Saturday. Toward the end of the song, she put on a black t-shirt with the words activist athlete on her head. Her competitors, Deanna Price, who won first place, and Brooke Anderson, second place winner, put their hands over their hearts and faced the flag. Yay! Uh, following her protest of the anthem, Shurju R from uh, some conservative voices. So Dan Crenshaw, this was cool, Texas Congressman Dan Crenshaw said Monday that Barry should be removed from the team, while an article... While sharing an article of the incident, Senator Ted Cruz tweeted, Why does the left hate America? Former Republican presidential candidate and ex-Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker also blasted Barry on Twitter. He said, What is wrong with people? Growing up, everyone stood for the American flag. Didn't matter your politics, race, sex, income, religion, everyone stood for the flag. It was one of those civic rituals that brought us together, and it still should today. Um, Barry responded to the criticism on social media, saying people's comments show they really... Oh. Oh. Okay, so Barry responded saying they, quote, rally patriotism over basic morality and that, quote, the commercial statements and phony sentiments regarding black lives were just a hoax. Quote, I never said I hated my country. People try to put words in my mouth, but they can't. That's why I speak out. I love my people. And then on Saturday, she said that she felt like the playing of the national anthem after her award ceremony was like a setup. They, quote, did it on purpose. I was pissed, to be honest. She added that she found no coincidence that she was in plain view during the anthem. Quote, they said they were going to play it before we walked out, then they played it when we were out there. I'm sorry, but you guys, isn't that what happens with everything relating to the Olympics and, and with people that win a sport and then get put on a podium? They play the national anthem or they play the song of whatever country is being represented by the people on the podium. I'm not an Olympian or anything or trying to be in the, the Olympics, but I know that, right? And so this this really wasn't about her. And I just, it's, it's frustrating because you're going to see she just acts like a toddler in this. Um, 
So she says they played the national anthem on purpose because they didn't like her and they just wanted to piss her off. Um, she said, quote, but I don't really t- want to talk about the anthem because that's not important. The anthem doesn't speak for me. It never has. <sighs> so, yeah, so she qualified for the Tokyo Olympics. She will continue to advocate for racial justice in the U.S. Quote, my purpose and my mission is bigger than sports. I'm here to represent those who died due to systemic racism. That's the important part. That's why I'm going. That's why I'm here today. You know, how can people die of systemic racism if they say that systemic racism is just like in American bureaucracy and in, in ingrained in our, our way of life? Are people really dying because of that? I'm confused now. Like they said that it's more of like this nonchalant mm, thing that's kind of infiltrated our system and that it leads to the discrimination against people. But now apparently it leads to people's deaths, systemic racism. Um, Okay. So Barry is no stranger to raising awareness and injustice. She and Fencer race, uh, Imboden were punished for protesting on the metal stand during the 2019 Pan American games. They received a 12 month probation that was later overturned. Oh, probation. So this is where I kind of want to get to here of like Dan Crenshaw. I'm kind of glad that he finally said something. Like finally somebody had a little guts. You know what I mean? It was kind of nice to see his response because it was like, ooh, I like that. It's a little punchy because, you know, we, of course, everybody's complaining about it. Everybody doesn't want to see it and everybody's frustrated by it. But it's like, okay, then somebody call for her to be taken off the team. He did. So that was good. Um when we get mad about this, though, when we say that she should be punished, are we saying that she should be thrown in jail for not supporting the national anthem? Should she be thrown in jail for putting a T-shirt over her head for not supporting the national anthem when she's on stage? No, this is not a First Amendment issue. This is just a basic situation of you're about to be on Team America. And when Team America's theme song, in this instance, our national anthem is, is playing, you throw a hissy fit on world television, and now it's really embarrassing for us worldwide to know that you're about to go to the Olympics, where if you make it to the podium, are you going to do this too? On a world stage, are you going to look like a spoiled brat? As if, like, you didn't just win a golden ticket, a lottery ticket in life for being born in the United States, and then everybody from all the other world countries are going to be like, who is that girl? That's really embarrassing and sad. You know what I mean? And so it's just the, what's the code of conduct? What's, What's the the expectation for someone because there's I'm sure PR expectations. I mean, maybe they like this because like all news is good news, you know, negative news could be good if you want to increase just name recognition and PR or whatever that basic rule is. But in this situation, when it's about all of the countries of the world coming together to show their pride in their country and to compete on the world stage. And we have somebody who doesn't even like our song to play if they win and represent our country Maybe it's just not a good fit, you know? Go play on a different team. <laughs> it's like, and I know I'm saying, like, go move to a different different country. I'm just like, go play your sport somewhere else. Like, why are you trying to get on the sport team that represents the country that you hate so much? Does that make sense? And so for me, I just keep seeing all these people act like toddlers. They're acting like children with everything that they do. They're crying, they're screaming, they're throwing tantrums, they're destroying buildings. Everything that we see from the left these days, not only just athletes, it's kind of pathetic, but it's effective because we just keep letting it happen. We're setting a precedent that it's okay to behave like this and now on a world stage where it's embarrassing for the entire country. And so instead of like, oh, 
she doesn't have a right to say that. Yes, she does. But where do consequences start to come in? There are repercussions for your actions. There's consequences for the way you decide to act as an adult. What happened to those in our world? We lost critical thought. We lost a basic knowledge and understanding of history, economics, of the world around us, of how society should function. And apparently we also lost this idea that there are act- consequences for your actions, that you can't just act however you want, that you will receive punishment, not from the law, you know, we're not a communist regime or anything, but you will be punished when you as an adult act like a child. That's my opinion on this, is just she acted like a, a child on a world stage and she's supposed to be there as a professional athlete. She's supposed to be there and it's a lot of money going into this, I'm sure. And uh, I think it's pretty sad. The other situation, though, is is I'm just more so concerned because it's a, an indicator. It's it's indicative of the greater trend that we're facing in the country. Of It started, remember a few years ago, they started like tearing down our statues of Confederate soldiers. And then they said, that this is all we're doing, just, this, just the Confederate soldiers, just the Confederate generals, yada, yada. We got to change the names of the schools. We got to do all this stuff. And then it became, well, you know, just the people that own slaves. And, and we're just going to change the names of the schools with those on it too. And, and just Abraham Lincoln, because, you know, he, he may have freed the slaves, but he didn't do enough. You know what I mean? Like he was also kind of sketchy. So we've got to, you know, take his statue down. It's just kind of offensive. And where does it end? You know, we've built this, this understanding that it's now cool and normal and, and congratulated when you are against America's founding, America's founding principles, America's founders, America's founding documents, and all of the progress that we've made over the last few hundred years. No, we're not perfect. No country is perfect. There's like history is kind of disgusting and brutal. That's why I look at America today and I'm like, dang, we are really exceptional because we've accomplished so much. We've progressed so far and real progress, not leftist progress, which actually is regress. But we have accomplished so much. It's just really beautiful. And it's, it's a, of course, a constant struggle to continue to better ourselves. And, and we have a really great system. And right now it might seem, you know, backlogged. Right now it seems like we're in gridlock. Right now it seems like the bureaucracy is insanely overgrown. And I agree with all those things. But we have a great system of checks and balances, of, of balance of power, of um, representation, but also a limit to, like, majority mob rule taking over and and so many very intricate protective measures in our system of government that allow us to look at all the problems that we've gone through and say how are we actually going to fix this fix this and I, I think right now too everybody wants immediate satisfaction they want the immediate fix you know social media makes us need that I think and and just the internet makes us need that the fa- the fact that we can be like entertained by the things around us 100% of the time, as soon as we aren't satisfied with something, we're like, this is a travesty. <laughs> and so instead of just understanding, you know what, the moral arc of the universe is really long, but it bends towards justice. And I'm going to have to be patient seeking this justice. And I'm going to have to be patient uh, as we we work through this really wrong issue. We're just, nope scrap it. America sucks. And we've got to redo the whole thing. <laughs> so how sad is that, you know? But, but, but getting back to my point, it's, it's just this greater indicator of how far we've come as a country where this is pretty normal now. I mean, she got really celebrated for what she did. Of course, there's backlash from the conservatives, but uh, she was celebrated by so many people because it's become the norm uh, pretty much for all of the left 
to hate on America and to call us out and to show a disrespect for the country. So we have that now, but on a national level, it's embarrassing because it shows that we are weakened internally as a country. We have no pride in our country. Um, I do, but as a whole, we are not united. And so it shows that weak front on the international stage. And, and that's really too bad. Um, but I also, a more positive thing to kind of finish that part off though, you guys is it's, what if it was a uniting moment, you know, like what if those liberals and the Democrats that see what the radical left does these days and they feel really turned off by it and they feel like, no, that's not what I feel. And, and I don't really align with you guys on this. You guys are getting a little crazy. What if that was like a shock to them of like, dang, I really don't support that. I really don't agree with that. You guys are getting crazy. And it was an opportunity for us to unify. And so maybe we did have a moment of unity over our frustration and, and the hurt that we all felt as Americans to see us disrespected by somebody who's supposed to be representing the country. So, so that's one way. And of course, I don't know the numbers on that. I don't know if that's real or not, but you know, optimistically, I hope that that was maybe the case. Uh, so fingers crossed on that one. <laughs> Okie dokie. And so next up, weird, weird story, but right up my alley, you guys. This is why you guys probably follow this podcast to hear this crap. Um, we have a very interesting update on Black Lives Matter. Uh, this article from the Post Millennial reads, BLM activists block Minneapolis councilwoman's car until she agrees to drop charges against rioters. Uh, Underneath, it says extreme Black Lives Matter activists blocked Minneapolis City Council member Andrea Jenkins' car in the street, forcing the councilwoman to stop and sign an agreed statement. So like a hostage situation. That's not democracy. That's not a republic. That's not people's representation in any way. Ugh. I'm like, I'm really grossed out by this, but we'll continue. So there's a bunch of pictures, bullhorns, yada, yada, these, these big men. And there's just this woman in a car and she's like looking a little freaked out. So on Sunday, extreme Black Lives Matter activists blocked Minneapolis city council member Andrea Jenkins car in the street, forcing the councilwoman to stop and sign an agreed statement that commits to dropping charges against alleged rioters. The signing was captured on video. Jenkins, a biological male who is in the na who is the nation's first black openly transgender person elected to public office. You guys, the left eats the left. What can I say? This is a great example. This person, Jenkins, would usually be, you know, the epitome for the left, right? A transgender black representative. Whoa! Transgender woman that's also black. They like hit so many, so many of the left's favorite checkboxes. But uh-uh, she wouldn't support. And so she had to be held hostage until she signed a form releasing them from their charges. Wow, and the left eats the left. Here we go. Um, maybe I should make that a segment of like, this week in the left eats the left, this is who just got killed in the, the, the gulag by the radical lefties of Antifa. Okay, continue. Um, Jenkins, a biological male who is in the, who is the nation's first black openly transgender person elected to public office. Wow, the first one too. What a way to go out. Was sitting in the car's passenger seat when the enraged mob accosted her. After the Taking Back Pride march ended on Sunday, marchers called for an end to police at Pride festivals, for the protection of black transgender residents, and for the local community to have control over police. Did you ever think that like a community's police force is made of community members? 
What? <sighs> a Facebook Live video captured the incident at Loring Park. DJ Hooker, <laughs> DJ Hooker, an activist involved with Twin Cities Coalition for Justice for Jamar, narrates the 23-minute-long footage in which he says that Jenkins arrived at the event for a photo op before she was confronted by protesters. Uh-oh, so this literal transgender woman wasn't quite in enough with the hip crowd, and she's being accused of attending a pride parade as a transgender person for a photo op. <laughs> Just, you can never do enough to satisfy these people. But she was confronted by protesters because you just can't do enough, okay? She only came for the photo op, even though she's like a part of the LGBTQ community, right? So Jenkins' friend or partner has called the cops on us already, Hooker says in the live stream, prompting Jenkins to say of the protesters surrounding the white Kia, like, this ain't effing white supremacy right here. I can't believe this. <laughs> so, so black people are surrounding the white Kia and they're yelling at this transgender black politician to support dropping their charges, and she decides to yell out of the car that it's white supremacy. Hooker told the Minnesota reformer that police cars drove by every once in a while during the full two hours Jenkins was blocked but never stopped. It gets better by every sentence. So she was held hostage in her car for two hours by Black Lives Matter protesters, accused them of white supremacy, signed the form to let them drop their charges, and the police that they want to defund, of course, drove by and just kind of said, hey, you want us dead, right? Uh, wow. Okay, so asked by the local outlet whether or not law enforcement was called, Minneapolis police spokesman John Elder said in an email statement, Loring Park is not our jurisdiction. It is the oversight of Minneapolis Park Police. Okay. A man can be heard in the video stating that Jenkins said she would not sign the crowd's agreement. Okay, we're making progress, another male voice says moments later. We'll negotiate with you. We're in negotiations right now, he said. Quote, we ain't asking no more. We're not asking no more, white lady. We're demanding at this point. We're not asking. One of the female crowd supporters standing in the street says to the white woman driving the vehicle. Okay. So, black transgender politician in passenger seat, but the driver's white. So listen, white lady, you better cut your white supremacy. Quote, we're done asking. Effing S-H-I-T. We're demanding it now. So why don't you just sit back in your little seat and do your job and drive, she shouts while the driver flashes the middle finger. <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I literally just saw this article like an hour ago, and I was like, mm, this will be fun. Like, I'm just not going to read it until I get on the podcast, and it'll be like a fun surprise for everybody. This is quite the fun surprise. Um, Jenkins places a hand on the driver's arm in an attempt to calm her down. At that point, Jenkins accepts the paperwork and pen handed through the car window to sign the makeshift document on the dashboard. <gasps> and then, we got her, someone yells. We got her. Wow. Hooker can be seen 
In another Facebook Live video, holding a megaphone and grabbing the paper, revealing the councilwoman's signature at the bottom of the handwritten enumerated list of six demands. It was a handwritten paper, (laughs) handwritten enumerated list of six demands titled, quote, the people's demands. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys, the people, the people alert, the people's fill in the blank. Where have we heard that before? The people's republic of what? It's a common phrase, owned by the people, run by the people, managed by the people. It's a socialist term. Everything they do is controlled and owned and run by the people. But what does it actually mean? The people in charge that started the socialist movement and have all the power and money once they gain it, thanks to their Marxist revolution, never give the power to the people. They just run it in the name of the people. That's my song. Okay, I'm done singing and dancing. But you guys, the people fill in the blank is the classic leftist phrase. And so what they usually say when we talk about like seizing the means of production. Now I'm going to get into the basics here. I'm sorry, but I'm just frustrated now. Capitalism. It's when the people, as in like the literal humans like you and I can have private business. We can start a small business. We can grow that business into a large business. We have economic and financial power. We create the goods. We sell the goods. We own the goods. And we own the property. And so we can have our private homes, private property, etc. Seizing the means of production means the government or the authority takes control of the industries and businesses and property. And they control it. Now, when it happens with a socialist uprising every time throughout history, what happens? They always say this is in the name of the people. We're doing it in the name of the people. The people will own it. The people will control it. A people's revolution, whatever you want. And so I just love when Black Lives Matter and Antifa expose themselves for using this same dangerous rhetoric as every other leftist uprising in history. An example, the people's demands. So thank you. I appreciate it. I'm going to add this to our research doc. Um, Wow, this is getting a little intense. So Jenkins remains detained until the cheering crowd reviews the signed paper. Got to get the review before she's let free from her hostage situation. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Um, This is really quite the thing. Uh, The protesters demand that a Community Police Accountability Commission, CPAC, CPAC, I'm sorry, but the name's already taken. Thank you very much. Somebody better tell Matt Schlapp. Is established that all murder cases are reopened, that all charges against protesters are dropped. For more information regarding Winston Smith's police shooting death, for Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Frey's immediate resignation, and that George Floyd Square is left alone. The paper is, quote, signed by, get this, the people, in quotation marks. <laughs> get, remember what I just said about the people? They act like they're like, oh, of, by, and, for the, of, by, and for the people, but it never works out like that. So this, <laughs> I wish, I maybe I'll try and find the picture but you guys, I, I'll just explain it like this for the audio listeners. It is literally just a piece of printer paper that's clearly like ripped in half or cut in half very badly. And on in pen, handwritten, it says, number one, CPAC, Community Police Accountability Commission. 
Number two, reopen all of the cases of murders. <laughs> then it just like goes down and down and down. And then the last one, number six, I can't really read some of this, but number six says, leave George Floyd Square alone, underlined, period, in all capitals. <laughs> Signed, the people. And then Andrea Jenkins' hand is just like, quickly scribbled on at the bottom because she's like, I need to get out of here before I get murdered. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are the people's demands. I love that. Um, continuing, Hooker reads through the bullhorn, the half dozen demands, quote, I'm really laughing because this is ridiculous. Jenkins snarks about the resignation request. Jenkins seems most angered by the people that she, quote, leave George Floyd squared alone, quote, responding, Bring me some Chipotle because I'm sitting here all effing night. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Bring me some Chipotle because I'm sitting here all effing night. I need that as an audio button so that I can play it when I'm podcasting late at night. Bring me some Chipotle. Quote, don't do my job. Is that what you've asked me to do? She questions the activist. I was elected to represent the neighborhood. End quote. Jenkins lives near the intersection where Floyd was killed by police outside Cup Foods and has pushed to reopen the square, emphasizing that residents and business owners want it operational again. Oh, she's a committer of wrong think and wrong do. I don't know the word for wrong do. Wrong action? Do we have a term for that? Um, either way, so now let's break this one down. We have a black transgender woman, councilwoman, being held hostage by Black Lives Matter protesters who are black, but she is saying this is a bunch of white supremacy, and then what's happening next? So she is trying to do her duty of representing the community and saying, hey, we need to kind of open up this autonomous zone so that, I don't know, taxpaying citizens can be here again. So she's doing a good thing by, like, saying, guys, this can't just be like a little playground for you anymore. Like this kind of has to be a legit place and people have businesses and are trying to live here. So please stop. Cause they basically made George Floyd zone into another autonomous zone, like in Chaz and Chop. And we just don't see it in the news. So she's trying to reopen the square to the people, to residents and business owners. And that's a no, no to the black lives matter people. So she's getting disowned, even though she like checks all the boxes of what they usually would want. Uh-uh, not good enough anymore. What did I say? The left eats the left. The left eats the left. Now, scrolling down, a group called Meet on the Street, Meet on the Street, has controlled the four-block autonomous zone since Floyd's death. Meet on the Street. Should we look into them one time? They've just been controlling it? Do they have, like, a, a tax status? Are they, like, a legally recognized company or something? Or organization? Or are they just like naming themselves meet on the street, like a little gang or something? Okay, they've, they've controlled the four block autonomous zone since George Floyd's death when barricades were erected around the site. The activists who have refused to evacuate, do they live in like tents there or something? Even after former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin's verdict have negotiated with the city over several two dozen demands including a $159 million investment into the neighborhood for one decade. $159 million into a neighborhood. 
Jenkins relents and says, fine, I'll leave George Floyd squared alone and not do my job, even though it meant it might mean, quote, a national monument will not happen. The woman who appears to be leading the protest then forces Jenkins to print and date the paper. She already signed the paper. Just let her go. Someone counters, quote, I ain't never ran from none of this S.H.I.T., Jenkins says, quote, I ran to represent the people. That's what I did. She challenges the antagonizing activists to do the same. I love how sassy all of these people are. It's so fun. I don't know if I'm like reading it in the right voice, but I'm just trying to add some sass because these people are not talking as if they're in a formal meeting. I'll tell you that. Um, They are in like street brawl, I would say. So after she follows the orders again and writes and signs the paper, Jenkins is permitted to drive away. Quote, now you can leave, the woman shouts as the vehicle exits and the crowd waves behind. Quote, all power to the people, the mob chants, raising revolutionary black power fists in the air before the hour and a half long video cuts off. All power to the people, baby. What did I just say that that's always said at every leftist revolution where they say the power is going to be in the hands of the people and then really it's just in the hands of a very small small group of radical leftists that don't share it with the people. The people just become slaves and get handouts of whatever the government's willing to give them at the time. And then what do you know? Shortages happen. Then people starve. And then there's massive suffering and more slavery because you have to force people to work to produce something. (sighs) It's almost like, I don't know, it's happened before like two dozen times in history. Don't ask me though. I don't know. Uh, Last part of this, let's let's just keep reading this because like you never know when something fun's going to come up in this article. Uh, Hooker states that forcing Jenkins to sign the demands was the best pride present ever. Imagine being a BLM person on the left and thinking that holding a transgender black woman hostage in her car until she f- was forced to sign something, the ultimate pride present. Pride, pride, pride. Um, I love that. So it was the ultimate best pride present ever, but acknowledges, quote, we'll see if she actually follows through with them. If not, they're probably going to show up at her house because that's what they do. And this is something that we're going to do at Young Americans Against Socialism, my nonprofit. We're looking into doing a whole little expose kind of thing on the tactics of the radical left. One of them is the Sunrise Movement. They're like the lobbying arm of the Green New Deal, of um, energy policy for the radical socialist left. And they have a concept called Wide Awake Campaigns, where they literally just organize people to go to a politician's house in the area and bang pots and pans outside of their door to make their night miserable until they agree to support policies. That's their form of lobbying. Wide Awake, right? You got to love that. Um well, she, she actually follows through with them. Uh, he told the reformer on Tuesday that he doubts Jenkins will stand by her signature, but she needs to stop coming out for photo ops if she doesn't support the cause. Quote, she was probably just trying to get out of there. Jenkins represents Ward 8 and is vice president of the Minneapolis City Council. She won the 2017 general election with 73% of the vote. Wow. The left eats the left, you guys. The left eats the left. That's all I got to say about that one. Yikes. Okay, you guys, now this is just a smaller thing that I wanted to run by you because we keep seeing the politicalization of our military. We keep seeing um, the woke 
effectiveness of our military coming out. And it's really like the, the people at the top that are pushing down this like critical race theory onto our troops, 1619 projects being t- taught to some of the people in our military, a lot of crazy stuff. Well, I saw a tweet from Matt Walsh who said, a woman whose husband is active duty Navy sent me this. His command held a quote, diversity hike in honor of Pride Month. Attendance was mandatory. They hiked while waving a rainbow American flag. And there's this poster that he posts, and it says LGBTQ Pride Month Diversity Hike. And it is a picture, I kid you not, of that flag that's the pride flag, but then has like the diagonal uh, arrows on one part that are like the transgender and the brown and the black stripes for, I guess, people of color and transgender people all in one. I don't know. But yeah, so the military posted something with that flag on it. So when you see these things from the left of like all these new colors added to the pride flag or these new designs that they want us to use and you're like, oh, that's stupid. It's just a bunch of Twitter warriors that are like demanding we do this woke stuff and nobody listens to them. This is literally now being put on military posters for their diversity hikes. Um, But yeah, so it says like wear, when, attire, pride attire, colorful clothing, (laughs) Why? We will support our brothers and sisters whom are a part of the Pride community. Hike is kid-friendly. It's just a little weird. I'm sorry. There, there's got to be a better way to respect all of that without, first of all, and then, of course, I should say, there's a picture of all of them together, and they're actually waving the Pride flag that's turned into the American flag. Is it, is it necessary? I don't know. But speaking of the distortion of the American flag, I have a better way that you can be more classic Americana and represent the true flag that we have. If you guys didn't know, I have a small business, Zegger's Freedom Flags, and my dad, my mom, and I all make wooden American flags that are two feet in length, three feet in length that are huge and beautiful on your wall. We do the classic style, uh, red, white, and blue, 50 stars. We also do a Betsy Ross version with the circle of the 13 original stars that were on that uh, and a bunch of other really fun ones. So if you ever are interested, definitely go to zeggersfreedomflags.shop and you can support our family business. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And when you hear crazy stories like what they're doing to our American flag, even represented by the military here, it's important that we all just keep our pride in the classic American flag. And so I would really appreciate the support. And it's just such an honor because everybody that I know that gets the flag, when they send me the picture of it in their home or their room or their office or their their man cave or their basement, their garage, wherever it is, it's just such an honor. And we do have... I think we have one or two flags in the U.S. Capitol. I know Madison Cawthorn just reached out, and he's going to get a flag. He's a real sweetie. But um, we also have one representative who got the Florida flag from us, so we did a a very custom hand-painted Florida flag. And if you guys have seen the Florida flag, it's like an emblem circle painting in the middle, and I really couldn't think of any other way to do it than just paint it by hand. And so I painted that by hand. That's in somebody's office in the Capitol. And maybe I'll, I got to find out the name of the guy and what office number he is so that if you guys are ever there, you can take a picture with it because it's in his office. So definitely a really high honor. And I super duper appreciated that. But back to our regularly scheduled program. Is that what they say? 
I don't know. But last story basically is what I mean to say. And thank you for everybody that has bought in a flag before. Thank you. If you go to zeggersfreedomflags.shop, I appreciate it. You're supporting my family business. And first of all, I started it in college to help me pay off my student debt. Now it's just become a family business that my mom, my dad, and I work on. So it's just really a special thing for me. And I want to keep it going and keep it strong. And I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Um, next story. Don't cuck the tuck. I think that's the, the phrase, right? I have a t-shirt that says you can't cuck the tuck or something like that. Um, and uh-oh, the NSA just tried to cuck the tuck. Am I saying that right? I don't know. I have a t-shirt that says something funny about Tucker and I can't remember what it is. But um, either way, Tucker Carlson says that the NSA is spying on him and his show. And oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. That's like a huge deal, huge deal, huge deal. So we're going to look at the original Fox News article on this that has his original statements. And then we're going to do a little deep dive into why this is so bad. Um, first up, Fox News host discusses a whistleblower's account that the Biden administration is spying on Tucker Carlson tonight. And then tucker's video you know he's a cutie he's a sweetie um but we're gonna read what he said so okay tucker carlson tonight host said monday that the national security agency is spying on him and planned to leak his communications in effort to cancel his show tucker carlson said quote it's not just political protesters the government is spying on yesterday we heard from a whistleblower within the u.s government who reached out to us to warn us that the NSA, the National Security Agency, is monitoring our electronic communications and is planning to leak them in an attempt to take this show off the air. I feel like Tucker, <laughs> just talk like him like this, where he like does the... Am I doing the Tucker face? I don't know. I'm trying, Tucker. Quote, now that's a shocking claim and ordinarily would be skeptical of it. It's illegal for the NSA to spy on American citizens. It's a crime. It's not a third world country. Things like that should not happen in America. But unfortunately, they do happen. And in this case, they did happen. The whistleblower, who is in a position to know, repeated back to us information about a story that we are working on that could have only come directly from my texts and emails. There's no other possible source for that information. Period. Ugh. The NSA captured that information without our knowledge and did it for political reasons. The Biden administration is spying on us. We have confirmed that. This morning, we filed a FOIA request of Freedom of Information Act. Ooh, this is exciting. A Freedom of Information Act asking for all information that the NSA and other agencies have gathered about this show. We did it mostly as a formality. We've also contacted the press office at both NSA and the FBI. We don't expect to hear back. That's the way that usually goes. Only Congress can force transparency on the intelligence agencies, and they should do that immediately. Spying on opposition journalists is incompatible with democracy. Snaps, Tucker. If they are doing to wait, if they are doing it to us, and again, they are definitely doing it to us. They are almost certainly doing it to others. This is scary, and we need to stop it right away. Snaps again. I can't believe this, you guys. So honestly, this is wild, and this is literally what happens in again like i said earlier in the episode what happens in every single instance of a leftist uprising they need to attack all of the political thought leaders commentators media people anybody who inspires others from the opposition they gotta go they gotta go they gotta get deplatformed 
they get thrown in the gulag or whatever, you know, firing squad and in more vicious situations. But no matter what, they certainly can't have a platform. They can't have a voice to reach the people that they do. And Tucker's had like, what, I think 4 million something people in like July 2020 watch a show at one time. And so millions of people see Tucker every single night. They're inspired by him. They're led by him. And all of the people that watch him are pretty much average Americans that work really hard, that have core values rooted in independence, capitalism, not corporatism, and a respect for what we have in this country and what we were founded on. So his base is incredibly dangerous to the radical leftists, the authoritarians, the bureaucrats that really do want to upend what we have in this country and thrive in the swampiness in the dirty doings. So for me, I look at this and it's like, I'm not shocked at all. I figured that they were already doing this because every aspect of our, our society, all of our institutions are being infiltrated or attacked or abused. There's abuse of power all over the place. Our, our education system indoctrinates our kids. I mean, geez, let's be real here, you guys. The 1619 Project, critical race theory, is being passed at the local level in thousands of schools. In June 2020, before really the uproar of critical race theory in 2021, there were already like 4,500 schools teaching 1619 Project or critical race theory curriculum. 4,500 so the education system, we can't really trust it to grow responsible, trustworthy, and, and leadership-style citizens for the future of the country because they're indoctrinating them with this leftist crap. Our military is being politicized. It's it's being woke. It's turned woke. And, and somebody who tried to whistleblow about the fact that Marxist teachings are being shared to our soldiers got fired for being a whistleblower. When in reality, he was saying, no, I'm not politicizing the military with this. I'm calling out the politicalization of the military. And he got fired, even though he was a whistleblower that should have been protected. On top of that, our media, it puts out straight up propaganda. I mean, last episode or two episodes ago, I read to you guys the CNN article that praised communist China for its one-party system and its efficiencies at dealing with COVID-19 because of its one-party top-down structure. You got to be kidding me. It's not fake news, you guys. It's like straight up media propaganda where they are lying about what actually happens in the real world, what actually happened with a current event so that it distorts what the American people think happened and think about the subject and the people involved. It's not fake news. It is propaganda. Same thing with cancel culture. Same thing with what's going on with this elimination of people who don't agree. What happened with Tucker is just one example. But what's different between like cancel Chrissy Teigen and cancel a conservative for having basic views, when somebody like Chrissy Teigen gets canceled, it's because she's being a horrible human being. She did terrible things. She told young girls, teenage girls, to kill themselves. She told that to Michael Costello, a dress designer. You need to die. Like really intense language in their DMs. That's, you know, canceling someone for being a trash person. But what we have now of this cancel culture is more so just, oh, we found out you donated to a Republican. We found out you donated to a conservative. Chip and Joanna Gaines almost got canceled because, I mean, they got a ton of backlash for donating $1,000 to a family member that was running for school board that happened to be against critical race theory. That made the Hill.com's national article area because, oh my God, how dare they support something like this that doesn't go along with the right thinkers. For me, it's like, 
you eliminating or the left eliminating and deplatforming and removing people from the public square just for having basic conservative views is not cancel culture. It's totalitarianism. And it's another really radical but repeated aspect of the left as it rises to power. So that's just another situation. Our bureaucracy, as we're seeing with Tucker, is being politicized and weaponized against the conservative right or any just like pro American liberals and conservatives, people that just have common values rooted in respect for American way of life. So seeing all of this, it's like, how can you look at any of this and have faith in our system? How can you look at any of this and say, yeah, I trust everything. I mean, especially look at the elections. We can't even trust the elections because there's no transparency. New laws are being passed. They're sending out write-in ballots for everybody, for the entire list of voters instead of just the absentee people. And then they tell us, hmm, we're not even going to accept ideas. So there's no trust and respect in our election system either. This is just continuing, continuing to be every single aspect of our society we're finding out is corrupted or infiltrated or being weaponized against us. So how can we have faith in it? And with this thing with Tucker Carlson, he is probably one of the, I mean, he is like one of the greatest voices leading the grassroots conservatives that sit at home and watch the news every night after a hard day of work and they are inspired by him. They find respect for him. They find hope in what he says, and they can relate to what he says as well. So he is definitely somebody that they want to deplatform, that they want to get off. This is not shocking at all. It's just disturbing, I would say. It's really, really, really gross. I'm sorry for ranting, but it's really, really gross. Um, so I'll leave you guys with that. Um, I'll see you later this week on Thursday for a new episode. I really appreciate everybody's support. And um, yeah, go to zeggersfreedomflags.shop for your own flag. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. And remember to subscribe and leave five stars and comment and stuff because you love me. Okay, bye. Thanks, guys.